Kay Cunningham returned last night in his second game of the season, technically his first full game of the season. The Pistons still got blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk about that and everything that happened in last night's game on today's episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. You are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal? Welcome back to another episode of the Lockdown Pistons podcast. I'm your host, per usual, Kuka Hill. You can find me over on Twitter, at Kuka Hill. You can also find the podcast over on YouTube, at Lockdown Pistons. We're on, I think, week three or four over at YouTube. It's been a lot of fun. If you haven't already, go over there and support the podcast at the subscribe button. We are also thankful that you make Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. We are free and available on all your podcast platforms. Make sure you guys let me know if you guys make Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every day. Go ahead and tweet that at me. Comment in the comment section down below or even on the reviews. Let me know if you make Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day. And also today's episode is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's an unofficial community center. A big thank you to our friends over at McDonald's for always being there. I'm loving it. So let's go ahead and dive into what took place last night, everybody. I'm sure you guys are really excited to talk about this game and, you know, the blowout that took place and how badly Giannis destroyed the Pistons. Giannis, by the way, I know it's a Pistons podcast, but Giannis, man, if he's in jumpers like that, he's the best player of all time. Like that, He was in pull-up jumpers, pull-up threes, transition threes, catch-and-shoot threes. I'm like, bro, what's going on? You can't stop this dude. Uh, but definitely Giannis is, is, is a freak. He's just a freak of nature. Uh, but yeah, outside of Jeremy Grant for the Pistons, who had a good game, a good bounce back game, he shot eight of 13 from the field, four of eight from deep. He had 21 points. Everyone else pretty much struggled the entire game. Uh, the only other person that hit double figures was Trey Lyles. Uh, he had 13 points on three of nine shooting, but everyone else stayed under 10 points and in single, uh, single digits. So obviously I think the main thing everyone wants to talk about and, and, and really learn about is Kate Cunningham. So Cade returned tonight or last night, depending if you're listening to this on YouTube or podcast, podcast will be last night, YouTube will be tonight. Um, Kate Cunningham returned. He shot two of 14 from the field, all of nine from deep. He did get to the free throw line once uh, attacking Giannis on a drive, but it was overall a really struggling night for Kate Cunningham. Uh, before we dive any further into it, am I worried about Kate Cunningham? Stop. Please stop. Everyone just chill out. There is no reason to be worried about Kay Cunningham at all. He is on game two. The first game, he only played 19 minutes. This game is his technically first real game back. He missed a lot of open jumpers. He looked comfortable, in my opinion. He shot confidently. The jumpers just, just weren't falling for a lot, just like a lot of players on the Pistons right now. So am I worried about Kay Cunningham? No. And you guys shouldn't be worried about Kay Cunningham either. We've seen all, all kinds of type of rookies struggle guards, wings who score from the perimeter struggle. I just retweeted something earlier talking about the first 20 games from Jalen Brown, Brandon Income, Trey Young. All They all struggled as well to start out the gate. And Kate hasn't played in like a month. He's been he, he's been dealing with an ankle injury for a while. So I, just stop. No one should be worried about Kate Cunningham. However, what did we see from him in this game? Well, obviously he didn't make many shots. He was struggling with his jumper from beyond the arc. However, he did show – I thought really good playmaking when he was given the chance, and that's something we'll talk about later in the podcast about him having the chance to be able to playmake. Uh, but when he was able, given the ball to run pick and rolls and try to playmake for others, I thought he did really good. Uh, there was one sp- specific play that I really liked from him. They ran like a high pick and roll with him and Isaiah Stewart for like one of the few times they actually ran pick and roll in this game. 
Um, he faked a pass down low to a rolling Stewart and whipped a cross court, uh, cross corner pass to, I believe it was Trey Lyles in the corner. Trey Lyles, I, I don't think he made it, but still that was an excellent read by Cade uh, and great decision to pump fake, uh, pump fake the pass and or fake pass and hit the cross corner skip. I really like that play by him. Uh, he had a couple other plays as well when he really found somebody beyond the arc from three, but as usual, and we'll talk about this as well tonight, I mean, on this podcast, the Pistons shot eight of 47 from deep. So even if he found someone wide open, uh, it wouldn't matter because the Pistons couldn't hit shots uh, as usual. That's been the story all freaking season. The Pistons just can't hit any jumpers. It's it's getting ridiculous. It's crazy that they just can't make any open shots. But, yeah, Cade, I thought obviously – and also on defense. I thought he looked fine on defense as well. Really, just overall – and there was one drive, actually, by the way, I want to mention that Giannis had on Cade, and he quickly welcomed Cade to the to the NBA. Cade tried checking up on him, and Giannis completely just overpowered him on the way to the basket – Made Cade literally look like a kid. Uh, I thought that was I thought that was pretty funny watching it live, seeing that like you know he pretty much you know because during the broadcast, Greg Koser and George Blaha talked about how Cade had mentioned before the game or at some point before that Giannis was the player he really wanted to get to go against, and then as soon as they mentioned that Giannis went and did that, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, but outside of that, all the other stuff. Cade, I'm not worried about him. He's going to be fine. He's going to start hitting open jumpers. Hopefully the rest of the team starts hitting open jumpers. But Cade, I'm not worried about him at all. You guys shouldn't be worried about him. He's going to hit open jumpers. The one thing I would be worried about, not even worried about, something you want to see from him this season is simply try to get to the free throw line a little bit more. Uh, obviously, it's not. it's only been one game that he's played fully. I'm not saying he's not doing a good job of doing it, but it's something that we've been, we want to see from him before the season. Before this, as we said, we wanted to see him get to the free throw line. So, I'm not even worried about his outside shooting right now. I just want to see him continue to be aggressive and try to get the free throw line. So, and it was nice to see him drive Giannis and get a foul, draw a foul on him as well, get to the free throw line. So, overall, I'm sure Cade's not happy with the way his performances have been through two games. I'm sure he'd like to. I mean, everyone would like to see him score like 20 points, 30 points, whatever, have big explosions or whatever. Uh, but it's just not the case right now. It's not that too big of a deal. He's gonna bounce back once he gets his legs under him. A lot of his shots were short today, uh, so it's not that big of a deal again. He's getting his legs underneath him. He hasn't played in like a month. He's dealing with the ankle injury. Give him like a, I'd say like a week, maybe two weeks, and he'll start. The shots will start coming. He'll start looking really good, and you'll start hearing his name back up in the rookie of the year conversation. That's why I think it's going to happen. He will. I'm going to make the prediction right now in the podcast. He will win rookie of the year. I think Kay Cunningham will win rookie of the year. Just give him a week. Give him like two weeks. We saw Jalen. I know Jalen Green had that one game he exploded, but outside of that, he was struggling really bad. He was shooting awful from the uh, from the field. Uh, I mean, it's and it's not just that's not me attacking Jalen Green. That's just me being honest. Like guards, specifically like perimeter-oriented guards, they a lot of them struggle at, when they first enter the NBA. It's fine. Just give them a minute to figure things out. Especially someone like Cade who hasn't played in a minute, is dealing with the injury. Let them get the legs under them. Figure out NBA defenses. Figure out NBA length, speed, etc. Give him like a week and a half or so. I think he'll be fine. So I'm not worried about Cade. I'm just happy to see him out there. Uh, but let, you guys let me know what you guys think about Cade's debut. Are you guys worried? I'd encourage you guys not to be worried. But if you are worried, let me know why you're worried in the comment section down below or in the reviews or, or on Twitter at Kooky Hill. Uh, and what are you guys enjoying watching Cade? I know the Pistons lost by 28 points still, didn't even break 90 points. Uh, but even within that, are you finding ways to enjoy the Pistons? Did you enjoy watching Cade? Let me know all that in the comment section down below. But when we come back, we're going to talk about this Pistons offense, man. It's just – it's it's not good. It's really bad. It's, it's actually really, really bad. 
Uh, we'll talk about what's wrong with it. Uh, we've talked about that many times already this season, but each game it feels like it gets progressively worse with the offense, and there's like new things to talk about. It's bad, man. It's crazy. I can't believe they're this bad offensively. But yeah, we'll talk about that when we come back from the ad break. But first, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, and a sponsor that I know all of you guys know far too well, McDonald's. This episode of Lockdown Pistons is brought to you by McDonald's, proudly serving communities since 1965. McDonald's has always been more than just a place to get tasty, affordable food. It's a place where friends and family can can come to reconnect. A place where classmates can meet up for a study group, knowing they'll have dependable Wi-Fi and endless supplies of French fries and McFlurries. The McFlurries, you guys know, those are my favorite. I absolutely love them. I'd encourage you guys, if you guys don't get them when you go to McDonald's, make sure you get them because you're not really having the full experience without the McFlurries. Win or lose, it's a place where teammates, competitors, the home team, or the away team can come to recharge. It's the place you always look forward to stopping at on a long road trip to rest your legs and refuel. I've told you guys many times already the past few weeks that, you know, me and Megan, my fiance, went on a trip to Chicago. And the first thing we did in the morning when we went to get on that highway, before we could even do that, we had to stop at McDonald's and get them sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffins because those things are just absolutely the bomb and they get you right on a long road trip. So if you guys are planning on going on vacation soon, stop at McDonald's and get that sausage, egg, and cheese McMuffin, man. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. So head to your local McDonald's to refuel and reconnect. Did someone say having a lockdown Pistons watch party at McDonald's? I mean, if you guys want to, I wouldn't discourage you guys doing it. So again, go check out your local McDonald's and have a fun and tasty McFlurry. Ba 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 ba. I'm loving it. So let's go ahead and talk about the offense from last night. Also, I want to say that the the, the ba da ba 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 I'm loving it is getting more cheesy and more corny each time I do it. Each time I do it, it's getting it's getting more and more cringe worthy for me when I when I do it. <laughs> I think I got I, I got to change up my tune a little bit. I got I got to sound a little bit more. Maybe I try to go for a little high pitched uh, version of it next time I read the McDonald's ad. I'll try that out uh, because. I feel like it's starting to become when you you guys are listening to it, it's, it's getting more and more corny each time I say it. So I'll change it up next time. I promise. I'll, let's see how I can change it up next time. Um, but yeah, the Pistons offense bad. Uh, just in short summary, against the Bucks, they shot thirty two percent from the field, seventeen percent from deep, seventy percent from the free throw line. Like this team just can't hit shots from anywhere. We're not talking about just from deep. They can't hit layups. They can't hit runners. They can't hit mid range pull ups. They can't even hit free throws. They got 30 free throws tonight, which I feel like was a lot. And they only hit 21 of them. So it's like, this team is just, I don't know what to say. I I don't, I really don't know what else we can say about this offense. They're getting open shots. Um, We can talk about, you know, we can talk about as much as we want about, you know, how are they getting these open shots? What's going into getting these open shots? Are they coming off good passes? Are they coming in a good flow of the offense? But at the end of the day, man, these are open shots. They're professional basketball players. Could I, Do I feel like that the offense could probably make it easier in some of these shots? Yes. Do I feel like some of the passes have been pretty bad on kicking out to these open shooters? Probably. There was one pass. <laughs> Frank Jackson had a wide-open corner three from the right corner, and he was sitting there like wide open for a minute. And I forget who it was that threw him this pass. I wish I knew. I'm going. I think it might have been Corey Joseph. But Corey Joseph threw him or whoever it was, threw him such an awful pass. <laughs> it was such a bad pass that it literally looked like that you guys were skipping stones out on the river. You know, like how you, you pick up the rock and you throw it on the, you know, you throw it on the water and you try to see how many times you can make a skip. 
that's literally what it looked like the pass was meant to do on the pass to Frank Jackson. It literally bounced like three or four times, and Frank was forced to like reach out, grab it, and then shoot. He missed it. And those kind of things definitely contribute to a team sh- like not being able to hit a shot. If you're giving bad outlet passes it's, it's and kickout passes, it's, it's definitely making the, the job harder on the shooter. But at the end of the day, the Pistons are missing a lot of open shots. You can't blame all of it on things like that. The Pistons just need to be able to hit open shots, and they just aren't able to do that. And another thing that really, like, criminalizes it even more or worse is that, you know, it's not just open threes. Like I said, it's free throws, too. So what's going on there? You're not getting bad passes on the free throw line. You're not getting bad flows of offense on the free throw line. Why are you missing free throws, too, then? Why are you missing layups? Why are you missing runners? Like, what's going on? Why can't this team score at all? Um, we I have a, two, a few theories about why they're really struggling. I mean, I think the first reason, obviously the main reason, is they're just not that talented. The team just isn't that good. I think fans and a lot of people in general that were in Detroit that were excited for this upcoming season, and you should be excited. The Pistons won the number one overall pick. They have Kate Cunningham, who's going to be really freaking good. I understand he had a bad game last night shooting-wise. Again, like we talked about in the first segment, just give him some, give him a, a second to get his legs under him. Give him like a week and a half or two. I think he's going to be really good by then. I think he'll be right back in the rookie of the year conversation. I, I already said that. Uh, but yeah, you should be excited. Fans should have been excited. They should still be excited because they got Cade. However, the the idea that the Pistons could compete for a play-in spot was always ludicrous. The 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 idea that the Pistons could be a competitive team was always ludicrous. The idea that the Pistons had like multiple good players and like I don't know, like like great players, it was always ludicrous. And if you want me to be can be completely honest, the idea that the Pistons had this like core four already picked, like you know, they got Cade, now they have their core. They have Killian, Cade, Isaiah Stewart, Sadiq were ready to take the NBA by storm, blah blah, that kind of, that kind of thing. Ludicrous. It, all of that stuff was always not, was always kind of dumb and it was just not going to happen. And I feel like that's really had a lot to do with how bad people are reacting to these games. Like they're going from up here and like reality's down here and they're just crashing down and smacking. And I feel like that's hurting people's experience as well. Also, the Pistons are good, putting a good product on the floor either. That obviously has a huge part to do with it. But I also feel like the high expectations that people had for a lot of these players and these teams, or this team, definitely has a lot to do with their viewing experience. And I would suggest that you lower your expectations in order just to simply make your viewing experience better. If you go into the game like expecting, okay, let's see if this team can actually break 90 points. Let's see if we can hit a layup this possession. Like like if you set those kind of low expectations, you'll actually enjoy some of these games. At least that's what I'm trying to do. Trust me, the basketball is awful. The offense is awful to watch. So if you like try to set like many goals throughout possessions, I promise it'll get more fun. My the new game, honestly, you guys want to play a game with me each game. Uh, a mini game within the game that I like to play is every time Corey Joseph comes on, I try, I, I bet like the over under on how long he's going to be out there. So like right now, I have it at like eight minutes. Usually, I bet the over, and you know, I'm going to start like I don't know, maybe like drinking something if he hits the hits the under and I'm wrong, or whatever. But that's that's like a little mini game that I do within a game. Uh, I suggest you guys start trying to do that because the offense is that bad um, tonight. The Pistons had Sadiq Bey, um, who shot over four from the from deep, two or thirteen from the from the field. He was actively running away from three point attempts, and that's bad. That's that's really concerning. Um, we've talked about this a little bit on the podcast. Um, I've given Sadiq credit. You guys know I was very critical of him in the off season. I've given him credit since the regular season began about how it looks like he's expanded his game. 
but we have mentioned a little bit, and I think it's time that you might we might need to start ramping up the talks more and more as the games progress. That while it's fine that he's progressing his game and improving his game, the Pistons still desperately need that catch and shoot guy. Like, do they want to have a guy who can do more than that? Absolutely. Should just should Sadiq should let me let me say that again. My God, should Sadiq want to be more than just a catch and shoot three point shooter? Absolutely. I commend him for how well he's worked on his game and the, the the flashes and improvements that he's shown us. However, what's going to make him a really good NBA player and what the Pistons desperately need is a catch-and-shoot three-point shooter who's shooting near 40% like he was last year. That's what's going to make or break Sadiq. Sadiq's never going to be absolutely great, I don't think, at the other things. He may be good. He may get them up to respectable levels where he'll make you pay. But what's supposed to be his bread and butter and what's going to be his bread and butter in the league is outside shooting. And I think we've started to see a little bit too much now. And this is something we're going to talk about later on the podcast as well, is that he's trying to show off too much, I feel like, his improvements with the ball in his hands, that he's now running away from three open three-point shots. And it, I, I won't say his added game is making him miss jumpers. I think that's dumb. I, I don't know if that would be fair to say. But I definitely think it's causing him to look to do other things where he just has an open three in front of him and can take that. Uh, there was actively multiple plays, and I no joke, where actually there was one play in particular. This is a perfect one. I think it was Killian who drove off a pick and roll down the, mi- the middle of the lane, kicked out to Sadiq on, wide open on the left wing. He was legit wide open. And instead of just taking the wide open catch and shoot three, he like sidestepped into a contested three and missed it badly. Uh, that was confusing. I don't understand why he did that. Uh, he also had a few other times where he – he would catch the ball. Last year, he would catch the ball behind the arc and get ready to shoot. There was multiple times in yesterday's game that he caught the ball like on the move, cutting into the paint, like as if he didn't want to catch and shoot. He wanted to instead attack the rim. And on sometimes, obviously, that's the case if you can attack the gap. But like again, the Pistons need that catch and shoot three point shooter who shot who shot close to forty percent from deep last year, like in Sadiq. Sadiq needs to show that he's still that kind of guy. He needs to do that kind of thing. That that will open up the rest of offense and make it easier for him. When he's not able to get his outside shot going, he's actively running away from outside shots. That's going to make everything else that he worked on much harder to do. So it, it, basically what I'm saying is Sadiq just needs to remember where his, where he comes, not, you know, where he comes from, but I don't take it in like a, don't take it in like a negative type of way. What I mean by where he comes from is like where his strength is, where is his core strength at? And that's his outside shooting. So build off of that. Hit it like you know, get a guy to close out at you and then attack. Don't run away from open threes. Don't make the game harder on yourself. I feel like he really did that yesterday. He was just making the game harder on himself. And by doing that, he was making the game harder for the Pistons offense as well. But he is not the sole reason for it. There's plenty of other reasons. We're going to talk about that in the final segment as well. There's a bunch of other things I want to point out about this Pistons offense that's really, really struggling. Uh Again, I'll continue to say at the end of the day, we can talk about all these other things, these little minor things I'm going to bring up. But at the end of the day, they just have to open shots as well. I'm going to keep saying that. And, you know, I, I again, I've told you guys, I'm not afraid to critique Dwayne Casey when I feel is the need to. Uh, there are some things that I'm going to point out that I feel like he can do better. But again, at the end of the day, they still need to hit open shots. And they're just not doing that. They have to hit free throws. They're not doing that. They have to be able to hit shots inside the paint. They're not doing that either. So, I mean, as much as Dwayne Casey could possibly make the offense better, make it more structured, call better, maybe call better plays, get the ball in the hands of Cade and Killian more and run more pick and rolls, that's not going to help make guys 
make open shots. Like, so it is what it is. When we come back, we'll talk about even more about what happened in last night's game and what they desperately need to do to improve the offense and what is pretty concerning right now through seven games. Uh, but first, let me tell you about some of our sponsors. First up, Line AG. We're back in better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop and mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball's postseason, the World Series going on right now, NHL, boxing, and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season, as well as things outside of sports like reality TV, awards, all those things you can bet on with BetOnline AG. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Then let me tell you about your guys' favorite sponsor, Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors, and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I love Thanksgiving. All of the good foods, treats, plenty of them. But maybe you want a yummy dessert, but isn't so full of calories and sugar. That's perfect time, again, for Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the new holiday dessert as well. Feast on something delicious and feel good about it. One slice of pie has upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. Most Bilt Bars are only 130 calories and only five gra- or 4 grams of sugar, with plenty of protein. Replace a coconut cream pie with coconut Bilt Bar. Go to a raspberry built bar instead of the raspberry pie. Lots of good flavors to replace any pie. Low calories, low carb, low fat, high in protein. Covered in 100% real chocolate that are soft and easy on the teeth to chew. Built is a great option for when you're hungry. If Thanksgiving isn't coming soon enough, go check out the built bar or two. Share some at your family gatherings as well. It will make things less awkward, I promise. Maybe Aunt Betty hasn't tried a built bar yet. All they need is a built bar to make them feel better. New surprises all month. Limited time flavors arriving at Built.com regularly. So go check out that site often. There's nothing like a Built Bar Black Friday. Mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Built Bar. Best tasting protein bar ever. So, anyways, the offense. Really bad. We've talked about that. We've said that multiple times already now in this podcast. We talked about Sadiq a little bit. Something else on the offense that's really starting to point out and, and flash on the screen is the lack of, of rolling threat, I feel like, from Isaiah Stewart. Isaiah Stewart last night had a terrible game. I think by far his worst game of the season for the Pistons. He was two of six on the field, five points, only had eight rebounds. He had two blocks, but he had two turnovers. Um not only is it like a lack of a role threat from Isaiah Stewart, that that's on that that's just something he I don't know if he can really control that. Um, there was a few times that he actually was a role threat tonight. He he actually did a pretty good job rolling, and he had a, he got a layup off of one of them, got blocked on another. But outside of that, big men usually just sit at the paint and wait for guys at the rim. Uh, Giannis blocked a lot of shots at the rim today simply because you know Isaiah Stewart's not stretching the guys out to the three point line or anything. Um, but another thing isn't really even on Isaiah Stewart. They keep running, they keep running these DHOs, which are dribble handoffs with Isaiah Stewart, and it just doesn't make any sense to do so with him. It's like it's like a core part of their offense, 
And, you know, to open the game up, they literally turned the ball over trying to run a, a dribble handoff with Isaiah Stewart to Kay Cunningham. And they just, like, looked completely out of sync. And it was it was awful. And they, like, went on for throughout the entire game. Like, their insistence of running dribble handoffs, I don't, I don't find I – mean, I'm fine with them running dribble handoffs. But the insistence of running it with Ke- – uh, not Kelly Owen, with Isaiah Stewart, it doesn't make much sense because when they run the dribble handoff, the big man's just sitting back. He's not really respecting – Isaiah Stewart as a roll threat or a pop threat. And, you know, you kind of need, need the big men to be somewhat of a threat out there or not, not even out there, but be a threat as a screener for a big guy to respect it. That's why I kind of worked with Andre. Andre was a really good passer from the dribble handoffs. He was also a pretty good lap threat as well. And back in that time, um, he probably is probably still is, uh, but he was really good in that time. Another person really worked well with Mason Plumley. He was a nice roller. He's a really good passer. Obviously, like players like Blake Griffin, who are able to fake a dribble handoff and go score in like his 18-19 season, pass off of it, drive off of it, you know, pop off of it, roll, like all those kind of things. When you're able to do all those things as a player in the dribble handoff, it, it makes it more effective. So Isaiah Stewart can't really do any of those things right now. So repeatedly putting him in those situations I don't get it. I It doesn't make sense. It's not really helping Isaiah Stewart. It's not helping the Pistons offense. It's not helping the person who's coming off that dribble handoff. Like, I don't understand why you why you just not go to a straight-up high pick and roll with Isaiah Stewart. Just do a high pick and roll with him. Let him roll to the rim, try to create some kind of gravity. He may not because he doesn't have them kind of bunnies. He's not, you know, he's undersized as well. So he may not, he may just not be that great of a roll threat, but at least give him a chance. I don't feel like the dribble handoffs are really giving him a chance to really do anything. That's just my opinion with it. Um, but yeah, Isaiah Stewart definitely had his worst game of the season. And, you know, it came against Giannis out to the Kupo, So you can kind of like give him a little bit of a pass with that. Uh, but also the dribble, like I said, the dribble handoffs are just not it. Uh, another thing with the offense, Frank Jackson has to start hitting shots at some point, or I'm just going to start questioning why he's really playing. He shot over five from deep tonight. The Pistons just, if you're not going to hit outside shots, you need to bring something else to the table. And he's not really doing that right now. It's really the Pistons off. I mean, and then, you know, I say that. And as I'm saying that, it's like, okay, well, who are you going to replace him with then who can shoot better than him? And it's just like, who, Hamadou Diallo, who's also struggling a lot to start the season? Like, I, the Pistons don't really have many answers right now. Um, like, at least with their personnel. Their personnel isn't that great. And, you know, it, it, I mean, it is what it is. Their offense is really bad. I mean, I don't know. I really don't know what else to tell you guys. They don't have guys who can hit outside shots, and the guys who are supposed to be able to hit outside shots just aren't hitting outside shots. We're at game seven, and it's still the case. You figure that's going to, you know, go back to the regress to the means, but, or I guess you should say, like, improve to the means, but, you know, it's it's not it's not really happening right now. So it is what it is. Um, this is the last thing I want to talk about real quick. I made it the last thing on the podcast in case, you know, because I know people aren't always going to make it to the end of the podcast, so... I did this on purpose, so I don't get as much flack for it. Um, Dwayne Casey definitely can help these guys a lot more. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care. Dwayne Casey 100% can make this easier on his on his players. Um, I don't buy the whole, you know, they have to go demand the ball. That's BS. I don't care what anyone says. That's BS. Um, they don't run plays. They run concepts. Um, the players need some more structure. You need to run more pick and rolls, I feel like, with Cade and Killian. That's where they excel at. That's where they're best at. So the fact that you're not using them there doesn't make any sense to me. Um, that's probably the one strength of your team. The strength of your guards is their playmaking ability, and you're not utilizing either of it. So it really doesn't make much sense to me. 
when Corey Joseph is in the game, we're getting way too much of a high doses of him. It feels like when Corey Joseph is in, is in the game, we actually see pick and rolls, and it's all Corey Joseph. I don't get why you don't get that with Kelly uh, – not Kelly uh, – Killian Hayes and Kay Cunningham. Um, you did see it a little bit with Kay towards the end of the game once it became a bigger blowout. Uh, but before that, Cade was, you know, coming off dri- dribble handoffs or, you know, spotting up. That's where he was making his work in. And we've seen it all year with Killian. Killian hasn't really got many high pick and rolls, which is where he's best at. So, again, it doesn't make any sense there. Um, and we've said multiple times that the offense, like, maybe getting open threes. But it's not like they're not generating great open threes because a lot of it's coming off discombobulation. And, you know, I really do feel like that good energy travels with good ball movement, good offense when you shoot three, uh, get open threes. I, I'm a firm believer in that. So, I, Dwayne Casey can help these guys. He's not, the, again, he's not the blame for how the bad they are, like how bad they, how bad it's been. He's not to blame for that. But can he make it easier on these guys? Could they help him out? Yes. And it shouldn't be a problem to point that out. People shouldn't be mad or get in their feelings or get sensitive when someone points that out about coach. No one's saying that Dwayne Casey – is the reason why the Pistons suck. No one's saying Dwayne Casey is the main reason why these guys aren't hitting wide open threes. Obviously not. But he could 100% help these guys. He could 100% make it easier on some of these guys on offense, I feel like at least. And I don't feel bad for pointing that out. Um, Let me know if you guys agree with that down below in the comments or in the reviews. But yeah, I think Dwayne Casey could do a better job on offense at least. Uh, Defensively, I think they're about as good as they're going to get. He's getting the most out of them possibly I feel like on the defensive end but offensively like yeah you gotta do something different you gotta you gotta help them out you gotta do something different you gotta play to your player's strengths and I don't feel like they're doing either of those things right now so it's what it is thank you guys for listening to today's podcast I want to thank you guys again for making Lockdown Pistons your first listen of every single day let me know if Lockdown Pistons is your first listen of every single day in the comments down below or in the reviews down below or on Twitter at Kooky Hill if you haven't checked this out on YouTube already, make sure you go support the podcast. Even if you like listening to the podcast version, I don't blame you. The podcast version is amazing. But again, just go support the podcast and hit the subscribe button over there on YouTube. We really appreciate it. Um, and like I tell you guys at the end of every episode, make sure you guys go check out Lockdown Fancy Basketball with host Josh Lloyd. He does a great job of giving you all the tips, the insights to fancy basketball, who you should pick up, who you should drop, who's you, who you should start, all those kind of things. Uh, if you're into fancy basketball, definitely make sure you guys go check him out. But yeah, this is get blown out by the Milwaukee Bucks. Kay Cunningham didn't play a great game. He'll be fine though. I don't. I'm not worried about him. Piston shooters need to make shots. They need to make shots from the free throw line, three point line, layups. They just have to hit open shots from anywhere, please. And Dwayne Casey, you you could do a better job as well, help uh, making the offense easier on these guys. I feel like. Um, but yeah, that's the end of today's episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one. Peace out, everybody, and go Pistons.